Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Fully Human podcast. Today's episode is slightly different because I don't normally record um, over various days. Like usually I just record in one go. And for this episode, I actually recorded um, two days ago. I decided it was best to do it the same day so that everything was fresh. I recorded my experience with a somatic experiencing session, a therapy session, I guess. And um, yeah, I thought this intro, I would kind of ramble a little bit about why I pursued that modality. And I'll explain what somatic experiencing is conceptually a little bit, but I won't get too deep into it because it's not my field of expertise. I think what is probably going to serve you most at this point is me sharing what it is I experienced and why I pursued it. Um, I'll try and find a guest to have on to talk more about the modality itself, although I had done a little bit of digging going into it and I really, I like, I couldn't really understand what was going to happen in the session. And so, yeah, I hope that my experience inspires some of you to maybe seek out this type of guidance um, and healing, but also acknowledging that there is no linear way to heal. And just because this was something truly life-changing for me, um, it doesn't mean it is for everyone. Um, I know someone else who had a good experience, but didn't feel fundamentally that it would had helped her that much. And I think for me, it was, it connected the dots for me in a really profound way from various different teachings and modalities and practices that I've been incorporating into my life for the past couple of years. And although I, it also has been a profound um healer for people that have no awareness of any of this type of work so yeah I I first heard about somatic experiencing as a modality to treat PTSD with war veterans um, and I think that that's maybe a good place to start is the concept of trauma um, and why I guess what trauma is and what like what degree of trauma requires healing because when we hear the word trauma it generally it's assumed that something major has happened so typical um, perceptions of trauma may be like physical emotional or sexual abuse um, war or witnessing violence secondhand like brutal violence maybe getting in a bad accident for physical trauma or the death of a loved one. Like these are all things that we can all acknowledge are traumatic. But there are many other types of less acknowledged or understood traumas like smaller accidents, like falling off of a bike, um, having an operation, even if you were under anesthesia. Um, so anesthesia makes the mind forget, but the body does not forget. Um, parents divorcing, especially at a young age, exposure to extreme heat or cold, especially in babies, um, illness when you're very young too, especially when fever is present, getting a pelvic exam or a pap smear um, for women, 
by a doctor just because you're expected to do one. Um, sleeping in separate rooms or a crib to parents as a baby or being given to a stranger as a caregiver. Um, these are all examples of experiences that generate trauma in the body and although the outcome is less obvious in how it manifests itself um, it's perhaps even more insidious because it really plagues the way that we navigate in the world the way that we feel about ourselves and on usually usually under the guise of like that's just how it is or um, you have commitment issues or you have anxiety like generalist generalized anxiety like these kinds of blanket um, labels that we give ourselves that you can never really work your way out of Um, so Peter Levine is the man who created this particular modality called somatic experiencing and he I actually have a quote from his book on how trauma occurs in the body he speaks about it in a few different ways and actually expresses how despite being in the field for many decades he still has a hard time defining trauma Um, one way he defines it is as an interruption in our ability to respond to threat in effective ways and so threat is perceived and it depends wildly on conditioning too so um, for me uh, with an anxious attachment style. I'm, I touched on this briefly in the last podcast, but this is something I've been exploring as attachment styles and kind of how that actually plays into, it actually majorly is driving why I sought out somatic experiencing. Um, but for me, with this attachment style, which is not a fixed thing, it's a learned behavior through trauma, basically, Um, when someone is leaving me, so especially in a romantic relationship, if I feel, uh, like I'm being left, it really triggers, uh, abandonment. And so it, and it completely affects my ability to respond to this perceived threat. So someone with an avoidant attachment style, for example, this is the opposite. Um, they feel threatened when someone gets too close. So both are products of different kinds of trauma in childhood Um, and the second the avoidant type of attachment style is what we would often refer to as someone with commitment issues and again these labels that are just kind of like pigeonhole people into a category um, are so useless at best but detrimental at worst because Human beings want to connect. This is like a fundamental need for all humans. It's a a desire that we have at our core to love and feel loved. And so any way that that isn't expressing itself in a healthy way, um, there's something to be healed there. And for me with somatic experiencing, I, what really drove me to this modality is the fact that I can rationalize my way out of anything I feel like I know when I get overwhelmed emotionally that the situation is always unfolding in divine perfection that there's lessons there to be learned that well I'll give you a a specific example um with this breakup that I have recently experienced 
um, my mind knows that this is for the best right now, like unequivocally. Um, my body, on the other hand, is not there because I still will, um, it usually starts with like a tightening in my chest and well, actually, it starts with the, the perception of threat. So one big story in my mind that is threatening to my um, sense of safety in the world actually is him moving on. And when I think of that, well, actually, it, this has not happened since the somatic experiencing session. But previously, when I would think of him moving on or... Um, yeah, that's pretty much the big one at this point. I used to get it when we would like separate it used to just trigger that but now that we've separated it's the thought of him moving on that brings it on these physical sensations is that like my heart and gut and throat completely tighten up and then I get overwhelmed to the point of like a breakdown like crying just like feeling helpless um extreme overwhelm and so it's been so difficult for me to like figure out why my mind can know that this is for the best, but my body is completely like frozen. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd heard about somatic experiencing before. I'm not sure where I heard about it for the first time, but I knew it could help people with war trauma, PTSD. And although it might seem like a giant leap, from um, that type of PTSD to my situation, um, it's actually not because there's a few things that I've come to understand about the way that I navigate in the world. Um, in particular, well, two things I mentioned, actually more than that. So first, being born into a hospital. And I kind of get into this well, I definitely get into this later in the episode when I tell my story about the actual session. But um, the way that many of us are born into the world in a hospital environment is innately traumatic. Um, going from being in the womb for nine or ten months, never having opened your eyes in your life, to being in a sterile environment with bright blue lights, being scrubbed down, being weighed, poked and prodded, you know, ointments put in your eyes, like all this type of stuff even if the birth is in massive air quotes, um, a normal natural birth, which I just don't believe you can have a natural birth in a hospital period, even if it's unmedicated, um, that is traumatic to a newborn baby. And then personally, like in my life experience, um, I, you know, I had my own bedroom as a baby, which is often seen as like, a good thing in this society like not sleeping in your parents room like the baby you know kid's gonna have his own room one day and so the baby does too and so sleeping in a separate room as a baby mostly um my mom going back to work at six months so being weaned and given to a nanny at six months all these experiences um traumatized me and I know this because I was terrified to have sleepovers as a kid. Like I was so, um, I had such anxiety from being separated from my parents because I had been like, I, I'd, I'd been separated from my parents at too young an age. Like babies are not meant to be separated from 
their parents that young, especially their mothers. Um, there's fantastic books on this, like the continuum concept. Um, yeah, our society normalizes behaviors that lead to childhood trauma. And yeah, another example, when I was, I would have been like three or four in junior kindergarten or something like really young and in the daycare program still and um the older kids were given the opportunity to volunteer like the year twos were given up a opportunity to volunteer to rub the backs of the younger kids while they napped to help soothe them to bed and as a tiny little four-year-old I wanted to help do that like it was in I had the awareness even at that age of how important it was to soothe and touch babies um, and young children to sleep. Like it is so important because we're still trying to feel our way into this world. And at its core with trauma and my experience, it's about not feeling safe in the world. And this, yeah, this manifests itself in so many ways. Um, the biggest being basically stuck in fight or flight all the time, um, being alert all the time, um, hypervigilant, like expecting danger. Um, it can keep you from sleeping or you can wake up in the middle of the night with um, like any degree of dread or overthinking if the mind's always racing and or avoiding situations that reminds you of an event or events that caused um, traumatic experience what drew me to somatic experiencing um, at this point in my life despite having known about it for a while was the fact that there was a disc there's a disconnect um, between my mind and my body my bodily reactions my body sensations so specifically um, as a result of this breakup um, my mind knows that this is what's for the best right now and yet my body would very regularly have complete meltdowns like um, my heart would tighten, my gut, my throat would tighten too like I would feel it in my body the pain was like a very physical experience which would then result in um, crying like complete overwhelm just like needing to stop and like have a huge cry fest which there's nothing wrong with crying you definitely have to feel it to heal it but what I was realizing is that I had specific triggers um, specifically if I thought about him moving on um, where I would feel like a deep sense of abandonment and I was running these triggers through um, through hypnosis a workshop that kind of gets you to get to the root of um, a trigger especially when it comes to jealousy and so I was aware that um, my overwhelm was a result of abandonment issues like basically childhood stuff um, like I mentioned of you know not co-sleeping being at it with a nanny at a very young age and then the ways in which I um, have grasped at other people to make me feel safe in the world because fundamentally I didn't 
experience that at a young enough age to grow into life feeling safe and like I could um, self-regulate and self-soothe and all these kinds of things like it was the separation happened at too young an age for me to really feel safe in the world so yeah I I have this mental incredible probably too much self-awareness um and yet my body would it was like it had a mind of its own and so I had heard about somatic experiencing as being this modality that is somatic is about it it deals with the body and um anything that is a somatic modality is kind of bottom up so whereas a a therapy like cognitive behavior therapy talk therapy anything that gets you to like talk your way to something or think about stuff that is a psychological approach and that is and I'm not saying one or the other is right to me I've benefited from a huge combination and I actually think that pursuing both the top down and the bottom up has is the reason why I had such a profound experience with somatic experiencing. Um, but anyways, somatic experiencing, Peter Levine talks about trauma as actually being a physical phenomenon that starts as a sensation in the body, turns into an emotion, and then the mind then creates the story. And so the modality itself it works by oh well and then actually there's a dissociation that occurs with trauma this is like what Levine's work is about is that trauma creates a separation between the mind and the body and so by coming back to the body and healing and witnessing these like physical sensations you actually um, heal the mind not sure if that really makes sense what I'll do is actually I'll read a quote um, by Peter Levine talking about trauma so he says trauma happens when the energy that we mobilize to defend and protect ourselves doesn't get used doesn't get to uh, completion so if we wanted to run but couldn't run if we wanted to fight but didn't fight that energy gets stuck inside of us. As a result, many chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol get stuck trying to boost that energy and as a result, um, and basically get stuck at that higher level. So it's as if our survival energy is all dressed up with nowhere to go. And this activation can stay uh, on for years until it completes the responses it began or wanted to do. It doesn't matter what caused the trauma. What's more important is the response. Um, that the response is completed so that our nervous system is free to go back to its relaxed alert equilibrium and I can I, I didn't to be honest going into this session I was kind of like yeah I understand these things we're stuck in a fight or flight like <laughs> pretty much everyone operates from varying degrees of, of fight or flight as a dominant um, stress response which is the sympathetic nervous system and this is the opposite of the parasympathetic nervous system which is all about rest and digest relaxation and you see this very notably in the animal kingdom when a zebra is grazing that's the parasympathetic like they're you know they're just going about their munching business and then as it's being chased 
by a prey by like it's as it's being prey for let's say a lion it goes into the sympathetic nervous system it is pumped with cortisol and adrenaline this is the same reason why a mother whose baby is stuck you know under a car can lift a car your body is literally pumped with stress hormones to the point where it can do supernatural things like lift cars or escape from a lion the problem is that we as humans with our types of trauma don't get the completion so in nature what this looks like is a quiver um, every animal has this and Peter Levine and his all of his books he gets into the various examples and um, of animal responses but basically as humans because we don't have that completion the energy gets stuck in our body and this isn't like a woo-woo type of um, energy it's a very real stress response that ends up affecting our physiology like it affects our fascia the fascia ten- tenses up it, it affects our lymphatic fluid and the way that our lymph moves through our body um, yeah and it has all these real physiological um, manifestations of illness and for me I mean look no further than than um, all the ways in which you self-sabotage like we think that we know what we should do and we shouldn't do but our body has a completely different agenda and to me that's one way of understanding trauma is like if you know better but you're not doing better if there's that like separation and it's like make a list make a make a list of all the ways in which you're not operating optimally but you do it anyway and this is especially um, true when there's a stress at hand. So how do you deal with stressors in your family, at work, um, in relationship? I think in relationship has to be the biggest one. And Peter Levine definitely talks about this too, that um, we respond to stress in relationship in ways that are absolutely not serving us, even though we might know better with our minds, our body has just a different agenda. And that's a trauma response. So the bottom-up approach, um, yeah, I didn't exactly understand how it would work, which is why I think this podcast is going to serve you, is just hearing the experience. Um one last quote by Peter Levine. Um, he says, when we attend to our sensations in the body instead of our stories in the mind, we automatically begin to work through just as animals do in the wild. So yeah, animals don't like finish getting chased and go, oh shit, oh my God, that could happen again. I better like, of course it could happen again. Like, that's not the point. Threats are always out there. So there needs to be a, a dance with self-preservation and self-awareness. But the the being stuck in fight or flight mode is what is not serving us. Because then everything, um, every way in which we navigate the world is under huge guise of being under threat. And yeah I think that after this session it's now been two days I feel like I'm experiencing the parasympathetic nervous system for the very first time um 
in a sustained way, I guess, because I've seen glimpses of it. Um, I have a pasana after a breathwork um, workshop or after a yin class or um, yeah, after meditation, you can experience like bouts of relaxation. But my general state, and I'm only aware of this now kind of as a result of being reborn through somatic experiencing that I was operating from fight or flight probably for my whole life and yeah the belief that the world's not safe um that I have to even like perfectionism like that I have to be this thing to be perceived as a certain way that I have to excel at things that I have to have the answers to things um that feels like it's melted away. Um, yeah, I'm a bit at a loss for words, really, because I didn't have expectations that this modality, and especially that one session alone, would shift my relationship to myself so deeply. I feel embodied for the first time, and like with a deep reverence for my body, and... Um, yeah love for myself and such compassion for myself because our bodies go into survival mode to protect us and what somatic experiencing does is it's like a gentle reminder to the body that it's safe and that it can now oscillate through fight or flight and rest and digest but it doesn't have to be stuck permanently in hypervigilance mode, in attack mode. Um, yeah. One other thing I'll mention that I've learned and understood about somatic experiencing and actually trauma in general is that there's a degree of dissociation that happens. Um, it could be between the mind and the body. It could be between feelings and thoughts between sensations and actions and so that could be like if you're trying to express how you feel about something but you just don't know how you feel or like I said before if you're um, behaving in a way that you know is not serving you but you can't control it we generate this dissociation to endure something that is at the time unbearable so we disconnect from our emotions say if we experience something that is too emotionally overwhelming consistently um we could actually dissociate from our emotions and same with the mind and body if something is so physically unbearable um we may actually dissociate from our body so a couple examples would be if you've experienced physical um, abuse or sexual abuse or were in um, a bad accident or even a minor accident or you were operated on this might create a dissociation between your body and your mind um, if you witnessed your parents fighting a lot growing up or they divorced and it was very traumatic for you then you might experience a dissociation between your feelings and your thought so an inability to express your emotions and so somatic experiencing is very much um, a reconciliation 
of this dissociation, this disconnect. It's coming back to your body on the most basic level um, by connecting with your sensations. And yeah, healing from the bottom up. And then the final piece I'll share before um, we dive into my experience that I recorded a couple days ago is that when we experience um, trauma, we tend to, in the West, internalize it and we create shame around it because we think that this is something only I'm experiencing or if anyone else found out about this, they would judge me. And so in doing so, Shame actually amplifies the problem. And our way of navigating healing and the whole paradigm really is so different than in cultures where there's still a degree of like shamanic tradition. So in these traditions, the individual is never sick as an isolated um, experience. If the individual is sick, the community is sick because the individual is a reflection of the community. And I think this is something that we really have to start normalizing is that our experiences and particularly the ones that we feel most shameful about are the things that we should be talking about the most because as soon as we put them out there, the shame dissipates it can't exist when people when we're the ones basically to out ourselves and so sharing this experience to me a lot of the empowering aspect of it and that's what um somatic experiencing is very much about it's coming back to our power and our our sense of safety and deservingness in the world is sharing the experience because I know so many people. I mean, I'm definitely in a privileged position because of my relationship to many people through social media. Because I'm so open, people open up to me. And we are all experiencing varying degrees of trauma. The amount of stories and vulnerable sharings that people have yeah shared with me over the years like nothing that you're experiencing listening to this in the depths of you aren't part of the collective suffering like we're all going through stuff that needs healing and trying to do it by yourself and assuming that like you're the broken one as opposed to being a product of a society that is broken um, is going to keep you from stepping into your power, from feeling whole, from unlearning the patterns and behaviors that have you stuck in any aspect of your life. So um, yeah, I invite you to sit with that. Like it's probably for another time, a whole other podcast. Um, But yeah, I'm sure you can even make the connection in listening to this. Like if you benefit from listening to my story at all and the ways in which my trauma-based behavior was not serving me, there's generally no judgment. Like people meet us in our places of vulnerability. So opening up and seeking help if you need it and if you feel, and it's, it's not about, waiting until you're in total despair because 
at no point in my life have I ever reached a point of um, say suicide like that is something that has um, that I've gratefully not had to deal with but it's about catching yourself when you're just like dog paddling if you're stuck in dog paddling energy and you feel like there's aspects of your life that you just can't figure out seek assistance and there's so many ways to do this like again I don't think that somatic experiencing is the only way um in fact I'm not sure had I done this maybe maybe I mean I really don't know but had I done that same session years ago because I'd done I had when I was in Germany a couple years ago I did a role thing session that's when I first started exploring the mind body and more like somatic based healing modalities and I it didn't really click with me at the time um so yeah there's no linear way to heal but I hope that in sharing my story and my experience you may be inspired to seek out either um, se somatic experiencing or another type of modality um, so that you can address trauma in a way that feels nourishing and healing to you and hopefully so that you can step out of potentially a lifetime of fight or flight okay that was a very disjointed introduction I had to pause and think a lot in ways that I haven't had to do in past podcasts, so hopefully that wasn't all over the place. Um, Probably was, but that's okay. So without further ado, uh, let's get into my reflection about the session itself. Enjoy! ...that I'm trying to share with why I'm even pursuing somatic experiencing as a modality. Well, that this portion of the podcast will be um, relevant still because it's quite it's quite a difficult experience to summarize. Um, I tried to talk to someone right after that I saw in person and holy shit, it sounded... <laughs> I kept being like, I think you have to just experience it to understand. But now that I've let everything settle a bit um I think that I have enough to say to make it worthwhile um listening to so yeah I rocked up 2 p.m at her house and she had a room where she does these sessions and we sat down in two chairs and there was a massage table in the room too with covered in like blankets and pillows and stuff and um I'm not even sure what she asked, but I just started rambling on and on as I do when anyone prompts me to (laughs) open up to any degree. Um, And it was a particularly hard day for me um, as I record this today. It's April 24th because my ex-partner and I uh, agreed to not communicate anymore. Um... We tried various degrees of that to this point and continued communicating various different degrees and it's heart-wrenching. It was heart-wrenching for me. It was really difficult. It still is difficult. And in trying to avoid the pain of enforcing like a no communication with him, 
I was causing myself so much pain because I, it's, it's hard to say goodbye to someone that you love and care for and have fun with and laugh with. And yeah, we, we were really close. And so transitioning out of a romantic relationship with no, you know, major drama that caused us to like hate each other to even to any degree like if anything I love him more now that we're separated um and so continuing to communicate with him and just transition into being friends was not working for me um I can't speak for him but it was not working for me so yeah the session was timely I had booked it um prior to this knowing that today would be the day that we have this final like goodbye but um yeah it was timely so I was you know had my emotions on my sleeve more than even normal and so I was explaining this to her and explaining to her that I'm very aware that I have um like deep-rooted trauma and I don't think it's only from childhood I think it's from like the collective it's from intergenerational abandonment and not feeling safe for many lifetimes because the way that we raise babies in our western society is traumatizing and the way that we birth is traumatizing and the way that we basically carry on our lives just continuously reinforces trauma because my trauma meets your trauma meets the next person's trauma and we're all operating from this fight or flight place where we fundamentally don't feel safe in the world and so as a result um, we just perpetuate pain and especially during these formative years when we're in utero up to age about seven, we're learning how to love, we're learning how to interact with people, we're learning how to care for ourselves. we're learning like our sense of self period and that results in a generation, generations actually of people who don't understand what genuine self-love is and so yeah, that just perpetuates, perpetu- wow, perpetu- wow, I can't speak, perpetuates, there we go, drama um, to such a depth that we're navigating the world in fight or flight and that causes issues. It cause, It's causing issues for me that I've become very self-aware of and so I was sharing with her at the beginning of this session that I know there's self-abandonment in a relationship for me because I've just and I have abandonment issues in general despite not having been formally abandoned I actually have great relationship with both my parents um, who are even still married Um, like the the concept of abandonment maybe we'll have to go into this kind of stuff another time you don't have to be actually physically abandoned um to feel to have abandonment issues and I know that yeah as a like base for all this is not feeling safe and how that manifests itself is also low self-worth and for me it's been 
in relationships that I give my power away to men um, to validate me and to make me feel worthy as a person and to make me feel safe and that like that is fine while I'm in a relationship I mean it's actually not fine but it it I can get away with it while I'm in a relationship because all the good's there but as soon as somebody pulls away or as soon as uh it's actually pretty well connected to jealousy too because if I feel like my relationship is threatened in any way uh it feels like the world is like the rugs being pulled out from under me like the whole world is crumbling and so I'm overwhelmingly tired of operating that way it's so exhausting it's so painful um and yeah so I was explaining all these things to her and just going on and on and crying at some points especially discussing like my emotions from that morning and just the general overwhelm of being on you know, living in western australia going through all of this without a community around me and she really got that from the start and actually one thing i expressed is like i have an insane degree of awareness which my mentor actually points out can be problematic because you get stuck in your head a lot i get stuck in my head and i express that to her name is um ali which is funny because it's the same she shares the name with my good friend and kinesiologist also called ali but um so this allison from somatic experiencing session i said to her like i i have all this awareness that you know i have this trauma and that trauma and this like way of operating that and i know that they're like i know i self-abandoned in a relationship i know this and that and i'm sick of it so like at the end of my ramble i was like can you fix me and and she said that we're so trying to fix stuff by ourselves and man i mean she said more than that but basically that we're supposed to heal in community like we're not supposed to figure everything out by ourselves and that is something i've been doing for a long time is being stuck in my masculine which of course was mirrored to me from society from childhood like bless my amazing mom she's like the strongest most independent woman but when we feel the need as women to do everything ourselves and like prove that we can do it all we are stepping into the masculine and we are doing it at the expense of our health like I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was 19 which I am 100% sure is just a manifestation of being in my masculine because as soon as I started not as soon as after years actually of honoring my body and my rhythms and my cycles my hormones living in tune with and not even completely like I've got leaps and bounds to go in terms of really embodying and honoring my feminine but when I started doing that PCOS just vanished and 
yeah, that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, she said that we try and do everything ourselves. We try and heal by ourselves. And sometimes we need a little support. And then she kind of explained how the session would go. And she said, we can either do it in the chair or on the table and bless her. Like she must deal with some people that are really, well, somatic experiencing, I'm I'm guessing by now this section of the podcast, I will have already explained what it is, but it, it, it really works with trauma and people that have had severe trauma, um, more typical, like conventional trauma, like experiencing severe abuse or having gone to war. Like I can imagine you being in that room, having gone through something that is so traumatic that even like the movement from a chair to a table would be, um, would make you feel like uprooted and out of your body. So she offered me if I wanted to do it in the chair on the table. And yeah, I said definitely the table. And so we, she explained that she would make me feel very like comfortable and props kind of everywhere and make me feel like in a little bit of a cocoon and I shared with her that I'd been going to yin I have been going to yin regularly about two or three times a week which is a much more gentle form of yoga and the last two times that I went I've had such a different experience with yin because I in my masculine I'm very much like get the most out of yoga and you know do your best and like yeah I've been actually took my first yoga class at age eight but in university I learned a lot about what yoga means and how really it's more about observing your practice than anything and watching your reaction to falling out of a posture and staying in your body and connected to your breath but I'm still unwinding a lot of my intergenerational programming that um, has taught me that I have to be the best, that I have to achieve and excel to prove my worth, that I have to be in good shape to be worthy. Like, So despite the mental aspect of yoga, I've always very much participated for a physical like reason as well and with yin it's interesting because it's not as physically demanding but even when it comes to stretching and flexibility I'm like oh I can get it let's get as flexible as I can get and these last two classes that I did I was so I don't know how I feel about the word heartbroken because um, I really feel like it's egos that break not hearts but I was experiencing what most people would relate to as being heartbroken. And I knew I needed like gentle nurturing. So I engaged with yin in such a different way than I ever have. I used like all the props, all the bolsters. I like, you know, she said to um, splay your knees wide and I put them in. Like I was just level 10 self-care and it, felt different it was like my body felt like cared for and my body felt like I was listening to it um which 
I'm probably going to cry a few times telling this story. It makes me tear up to even say that because I don't think my body's felt cared for for a very long time. And I don't even know if I would have had the awareness of that, to be honest. Like this, yeah, this somatic experiencing session opened up um, a few like trapdoors in my psyche and made me realize quite a bit. So anyways, I'll move along because I haven't even started explaining what we did. So yeah, um, she told me that we would like put me in a cocoon basically and make me really focus on the body and like what my body needed and stuff like that. And at first, oh, I said to her, like, I actually, I'm not even, I I think I expressed to her that I understand self-regulation. Like I know that my emotions are my responsibility and the other, you know, the other is emotions are theirs but I so I have all this awareness but I don't know what to do about it and so anyways she was kind of like let's just get to it and you'll see how it goes and so I laid down on the table and noticed from the very start that she was continuously asking my permission for everything so you know would it feel okay if I put another blanket on you and I had like so I was laying there and had a few pillows under my like upper back and head tons of pillows under my knees um and then that was your like original position and then from there she asked me are you hot or cold and I was cold so she put blankets on me and then even under my arms she's like would it feel nice if I put a pillow under your arms and I was like oh yeah and then uh from there would you like I have another pillow um if you would like me to put it across your heart and and belly and I was like oh yeah sure and it was just interesting to already witness myself having to participate in body work because generally with massage or acupuncture like there's it's a prescription so they tell you what they think you need and that's what you do and it's great because you get to surrender to the you know wisdom of the expert and like I've been actually doing acupuncture the past two weeks and fuck she's a Jedi not this same lady but different lady in town and I leave feeling like so grounded and amazing and but pretty floaty actually (laughs) in retrospect compared to this session but so anyways I kept noticing how much I was participating in this and it was so strange and I And I also was thinking from the start, what the hell is this going to do? Like, what are we going to do for an hour? Me laying in this little like comfy, snug position. How is this going to help me get over my like lifetimes of feeling unsafe in the world, basically? And spoiler alert, it's profound as fuck. And I think going into it, with such little expectation although I actually also had high expectations because I've listened to quite a bit about somatic experiencing I've read quite a bit it's like a modality that is super well proven as being like a a solution to trauma like deep deep trauma and so yeah part of me believed it part of me was super skeptical and I'd never actually heard of anyone's specific uh, story so hopefully this is interesting to you Um, so yeah, one of the first things after she had me all snug and 
um well she she so she was like putting stuff on me and then she asked me like is there anything she she was offering stuff but asking permission and then she asked me is there anywhere else you would want something and I like so she's like just communicate like listen to your body like quiet and listen to your body and if the body wants anything else just let me know and so I was laying there like huh okay body what do you want and it felt like I would want more weight on my legs so I just said that and she's like okay let me get these pillows and so she put pillows on my legs and then she was pressed she's like do you want a bit more weight and I was like yeah so she like gently pressed on the pillows and we just did that for like five minutes and at this point I was getting super relaxed but I was still like where's this going like like yeah I'm relaxed but like I could also like cocoon myself in bed and just chill for an hour anyways from then this is where the magic started happening she asked me how my feet felt and I was like, oh, I don't really feel my feet, to be honest. Like, they're just, I don't know, they're there. There's nothing, like, particular about them. And she's like, okay, well, we really want you to be in your body. So how about I go hold them? And I was like, oh, sure. So she goes around and she tells me her hands are cold. And she put, and, and I said, oh, that's fine. And so she puts um, her hands, like, kind of cupping my ankles or my heels and man my heart's like beating so fast just retelling this story and the first time I retold it to my friend I was like seriously crying she asked me if it felt okay and I said yes and then what popped into my head immediately as soon as I said yes is this does not feel okay her hands are cold and like instant awareness that this is how I operate in a relationship and in life in general that I'm so craving touch love security connection that I'm willing to say yes to something that does not feel good in my body and it made me cry instantly in the session I like couldn't uh, I had my eyes closed this whole time by the way so I think it also helps to not be like making eye contact with her as this is all happening but I started just tears started rolling down my face and I said to her I was like actually what this reminds me of is how I say yes to things that actually my body it's a no from my body but because because of the touch and the affection and like feeling supported by someone I yeah I self-abandon and she took her hands away and she was like that's great like and I on the way to my ankles before she put her hands there she had her hands on my like on top of the blankets putting weight on my feet and I was like I would prefer if your hands were on top of the blanket like they were before just pressing down on my feet but from above and so she did that and then um and then after like maybe five minutes or so and continuously through the session she was always checking in and reminding asking me how my body felt and if my body wanted anything else or different or changed and 
then she asked permission to lift her hands and she's like do you want to lift one or both or you know and eventually she had her hands off of putting weight on my feet and she stepped away um, from my feet around to the my right side and after and you know just had told me just keep focusing on your sensations your body sensations and after about a minute she said are you focusing on your body or on me like as in she said that like it was I focusing on my body or on her and I said to her actually as soon as she stepped away I noticed that she'd moved to the right not only that she'd gotten off my body but that she'd actually moved to the right and I was wondering what she was going to do next and again epiphany moment that this is also how I operate mostly in relationship is hypervigilance of the other person's behavior as opposed to staying in my body and focusing on what I am feeling what I need um yeah so she she asked me if I was aware and it's and I already was aware I was already instantly aware that she'd moved and I was aware that I was aware of it so I was like huh you're like focusing on what she, where she is in the room and what she's potentially going to do next. Um, yeah, which is hypervigilance. An, another manifestation of not feeling safe in your body, in the world, whatever, you know, as above, so below. So that was another like massive realization. And so she kept continuously asking permission to do absolutely everything um she put me in control sorry my laptop just um closed went on to sleep mode so i need to unlock it to make sure it's still recording and it is and i'm definitely not editing that out um so yeah she kept putting me in control and and it made me realize how difficult it is to ask for things like it's just such a strange dynamic with a practitioner and in life like we're so used I should speak for myself I'm so used to I don't know if it's people pleasing which is funny because it there's such a duality I'm so independent I'm so this I'm so that but in relationship with um, a romantic partner I'm very quick to self-abandon so to just let the other person guide and yeah to feel like chosen to feel loved not to rock the boat all these different reasons why we don't want to stick out and I think that this manifests itself also in self-sabotaging from our own success like we're afraid to succeed because then we stick out and then life is is potentially dangerous so we just kind of float along (laughs) or are afraid to express our wants and needs because they might not be met because the person might reject us um yeah and in doing that we self-abandon continuously so after all these asking of permissions she eventually prompted uh, me and asked me what I wanted so she'd done it like once prior with the um like do you want weight anywhere else on your body but then she just said like um 
oh yeah, no, this is when she said, do you want more? Do you want what she prompted me and said, what is it that your body feels it wants right now? Like just quiet your mind. And if there's anything it wants, or if there's anything I can do, just let me know. And I had thought about it when she was putting weight on my legs that I thought I would want more weight on my heart because there was a pillow laying there. And I, I thought from the start, I would like this to be heavier. But of course, it's so common to think things or feel things or want things and just not express them ever because again, we might be rejected, we might be laughed at, we might be mocked. So I didn't say anything until that point when she was like, so is there anything, is there anything else I can do to make you feel more comfortable or safe? And yeah, I said more weight on my heart. And so she pressed her hands lightly on the pillow and anyways, eventually found like a good amount of weight and then said, would you like me to also put the other hand on your belly so that it like evens out the weight from this pillow? And I said, um, yeah. And then she asked me how it felt and if like my, if that's what my body wanted. And I said, yeah, it felt good. And as soon as I said it, I was like, no, this doesn't feel like I expected it would. It actually, it didn't feel bad. I mean, I'm just laying there super comfortable with a little bit of pressure on my chest, but it didn't feel relaxing. And after about a minute of silence, because that's kind of how the session went along, like getting comfortable and then periods of silence. And then she would prompt something that would fucking shatter my mind. And so about after a minute, I said, actually, can you go back to my feet? And she laughed at first because it was like so out of the blue like she was pressing her hand on my heart and belly and then I was like ah could you go actually back to my feet and I laughed too and then I started bawling my eyes out again because um because I thought it's what I wanted and how often in life do we think we want something and then we get it and it's not what we want but we just suck it up because there's this narrative that like you should be happy once you get the things that you want or you know once you achieve the goal you should feel satisfied or complete or this or that like there was just this like subconscious narrative running that because I had asked for it that I should want it maybe forever and it was just another like major aha moment that you can change your mind. You can change your mind whenever you want. And I mean, this is a huge problem when it comes to sexual abuse, right? Like, I'll use me as an example because I'm a woman. If I say yes to a guy and then change my mind, there's this like pressure on women that if you're flirting for example that it should lead to kissing and it should lead to sex and then it, it should lead like there's you can change your mind if something doesn't feel good anymore whether it be someone pressing gently on your heart in a somatic experiencing session or whether it's you know sleeping with someone there's no pressure to change your there's no pressure to continue on with something basically like we have this story like oh he'll think I was leading him on or who the fuck cares what anyone else thinks it's about checking in with how your body is feeling in 
a moment-to-moment experience and then honoring what it is that your body wants and needs. And I just saw my lifetime in that moment. Again, like this just happened throughout the whole session of continuing to say yes to things even though it felt like a no because I didn't have the strength or feeling like safe or confident enough to say actually this doesn't feel good heck one of the things that keeps coming up with all this inner child work that I'm doing is my first relationship that I should have ended give or take 15 times before I did and that's another perfect example like I was young in that relationship but I didn't listen I didn't listen to what my body was telling me and yeah, that's just another type of self-abandonment that manifests itself. And she was like, that's great. Like if that, and what, what she, her response actually, after I like rambled on about that epiphany I had, I did not ramble for that long. I was kind of in this really relaxed meditative state. So I was only kind of slightly giving her a picture into what I was experiencing. But she said, that's amazing. She said, if it's not a hundred percent yes then it's no if your body doesn't feel like it is an absolute yes then you have to say no and that's what the session was teaching me like it was I mean it taught me so many different things and it it didn't even teach my mind it taught my body like through the bottom up as opposed to like talk therapy that is much very much top down like she was addressing my situation on such a visceral level that I was getting the lessons like in on a cellular level there's no other way to say it like my cells were understanding something and that's what I said to her from the start I was like my mind knows all these things but my body does not pay attention and when I feel like I'm being uh abandoned in a relationship or if you know my partner looks at another girl and I get jealous and I feel like I'm about like my world's going to crumble. Why is my body not aware of my mental ability to discern that, you know, like I get that the trauma is impacting my body basically. And this has been the first time that my body feels like it's understanding and it's healing, not just like the mental awareness that you know this has to shift or that's not healthy or this isn't right like I my mind fucking knows all these things but yeah for the first time my cells were like understanding it too and what else like when I was really in my body this was probably halfway or three quarters into the session she kept prompting me actually throughout about three quarters into the way in she asked me what I was feeling with my body and she was asking me like um well she asked me what I was feeling in my body and um at one point it just felt like a wave of energy on top of my skin almost like a second skin and we didn't really get into it then but I asked her after the session and we discussed that and um she explained that like that energy field when you feel safe you cultivate it and that is basically your intuition when it comes to life and that like kind of like an aura is what when someone walks in the room and you're like yes that you know I want to be around that person or I want to communicate with that person if 
you have a very thick and I don't know what she calls it but if that like layer that kind of orbits around your body is strong then your intuition connects you to people that are serving your highest good and if it's weak then we trauma bond we self-abandon we are hyper vigilant because we've had to create an, an armor and we put on weight like we put on weight on our body physically to protect ourselves or we close our heart um, to protect ourselves when really it's that like auric field that actually protects you naturally and serves as intuition naturally but that is only strengthened when your body and your cells feel safe so that's what the session was doing was reminding me this like absolute primary state that we are born into the world with and we lose it instantly actually this is completely related to the very last thing I wanted to talk about is that at the end I so my eyes are closed the whole time and actually I'll say one thing before this she checked in later she like stepped away from my feet uh, probably again three quarters of the way in and stepped to the side of the table again and waited about a minute or two and she said are you focusing on your body or are you aware of me same that she like she did that maybe 20 or 30 minutes prior and 20 or 30 minutes prior I was focusing on her like I just said I was so hyper vigilant of where she was in the room what she was gonna do next what she was probably thinking and the second time after all this like session she asked me again after a minute or two and I said oh no I'm completely in my body I hadn't even been thinking about what she was doing. And she said, that's the goal. You're in your body. I'm in my body. You self-regulate you. I self-regulate me. And then we can come together without being basically in each other's business all the time, which I relate to like no other because I'm constantly trying to help or fix the other so that I can feel safe in the world. And that happened from childhood, like yeah I won't get too into it but you know you see your parents struggles and especially as an only child it's it was like my duty and my mission in life to fix everything that I perceived to be wrong because it would make me feel safe in the world and so through the session by the end I was not I was self-regulating my own needs and wants and focusing on how my body was feeling and not being hyper vigilant about where she was or what she was thinking or where she was going in the room and stuff like that and then finally at the very end um I told her like I'd been so open with communicating my needs at this point it was so crazy because I I'm not good at that especially yeah, especially in a practitioner setting or in a romantic relationship, I am not good at sharing what it is that I truly deeply want and need because it's just, it's not really, I don't think it's taught to many of us. And so by the end, I was getting pretty darn good at it. And I said to her, like, it, it feels scary to me to open my eyes. Like they've been shut and I've been so inside my body that opening my eyes felt scary. And she said like roll over on your side and just whenever it feels good open them the teeniest bit and shut them you know open only one just take a little look out and close it again 
And so I rolled over onto my left side to face the back of the room. And I broke down again because I realized how after less than an hour really embodied, right? Really focusing on what's going on inside. My eyes had become so sensitive that I had to like, it take like three whole minutes to really open them. And I realized no shit were generations of trauma. We are born onto this planet, many of us into a hospital, and we open our eyes for the first time under blaring blue lights in a scrubbed, like sanitized room to a strange doctor to probably wearing plastic gloves, maybe a mask, and like don't even get me started on like cesareans and all these other ways in which we really like push an unnatural birth environment but then medicated you know put ointments in our eyes full of antibacterial agents if you're a boy and you're circumcised like just really think I I I've known this like I'm fascinated with birth I'm such a um I don't even know the depth of my passion when it comes to free birthing in that whole world but for the first time, I felt like I was born again through this session. Like I was so sensitive to my body as if a baby was coming out from the womb, having been only created and like having only experienced basically that session. Like I was cocooned as if I was in the womb again. And yeah, how sensitive my eyes were. And I just, I could see how are we expected to feel safe in our bodies and in the world when we're born into environments that are 100% automatically traumatic? Even if you had a perfect birth in your eyes, like a hospital birth is, is not a natural birth. Even if it's unmedicated, it's not natural because that is not how we are meant to come into the world and to feel how sensitive my eyes were at that point, having lived 30 years on this planet, like having spent a good two-thirds of them with my eyes open. Yeah, it just hit me. Like I, we all have trauma to heal. We all have unlearning to do because, yeah, because from the moment we, many of us, not all of us, God bless the woman that, birth in a very like even yeah we'll save birth for another episode but basically we've got a lot of unlearning to do and the session holy crap like I I got up from I sat on the table and I was just like what just happened like I never in a million years would I have thought that some gentle touch and like slight conversation could shift me on such a visceral level um and yeah that was that like we chatted for a minute after and and I and she said like kind of like you know be on your way like there's no I I potentially would do more sessions um but there was no like you should do more sessions it was kind of like a this is your rebirth 
basically. And I said to her, like, now what? And she's like, well, your cells learnt from that. So, like, continue the nurturing. And it's not, I mean, it's not difficult to understand. You can definitely start this process at home. You put yourself in bed, put pillows everywhere where you feel there's an ounce of tension and focus on bodily sensations. And that's something I'm definitely going to continue on. Is It's like this, it's a striving to remind my body constantly that it, it is safe in the world. But I would not have, I don't think I could possibly have ever reached the depths of awareness and all these like epiphanies and epiphanies that I've already had on a mental level. Like I nothing that came up wasn't stuff that I wasn't aware of mentally, but it was like my body learned the lesson too. And so, yeah, I actually can't believe I made it through this whole thing without crying, but I think it's because I got it out earlier and like all day long, actually, I've been crying all day. Um, and that too, she was like, you know, feel what you feel. And that's, I think, such an important tool is to meet yourself where you are. You know, you have to feel it to heal it. And yeah, so that was my experience with somatic experiencing. Hello again. Um... So I don't normally record this way with um, like recording sections and um, piecing them together, I guess. But it's uh, two days later from what you just heard, um, the recounting of my somatic experience experience. And I actually thought of two other things that I wanted to share about the actual experience, these kind of aha moments or realizations that I had. Um, the first was that when she spoke of the energy field or she actually, she didn't speak of it first. She always prompted me first. So when she asked me how I was feeling and I could tell her that I could feel like an aura of energy around me, what it reminded me of was actually my last ayahuasca experience in Portugal where I had this awareness of this like auric field which was so strong during ceremony like probably a hundred times what it felt like during the somatic experiencing session and I didn't share this with a practitioner because at the time it was just like it was too much it was actually going out of my body too much to try and explain that sensation in relation to ceremony and I didn't know what her awareness or experience of plant medicine was and I didn't feel I actually didn't feel like leaving my body long enough to really share that and even that was something that as the session progressed I was just so connected to myself that I didn't even really want to communicate these things that I was thinking and feeling I was just so plugged into me and yeah that sensation that I had in ayahuasca which was a full body awareness like so embodied I think the closest thing to explain it would honestly be that like experience of having an orgasm where you're like you're experiencing a whole body 
sensation really and but in a non-sexual way which of course in ayahuasca and again in somatic experiencing it's just the awareness of the body's energy which is always present but we're so disconnected from ourselves that we don't even feel it's there and now it's been a few days and I'm still very much not to the degree of of the experience in during ayahuasca and ceremony and not even to the degree of during this somatic experiencing session but I'm still noticing especially when I quiet my body down so when I'm laying down in bed um, at night and in the morning um, I'm taking moments throughout the day without you know scheduling it in or which is something I've always done to calm down I've had these like you know there's apps even I mean I haven't gone that far but and it's a place to start to check in throughout the day like to relax to remind you to relax but now it's happening so intuitively that I just pause more often to actually feel where I am in time and space to like reconnect with my body and to feel this like this this it's like a safety blanket really is what it is it's cultivating this like sense of safety around you this intuitive like vibration that is between me and the rest of the world and helps me interact with the rest of the world and yeah so that was pretty cool and the other thing is that at the beginning of the session again she's always asking permission before she touches my body at all even though I was like cocooned so she was never really touching me it was always like through my socks or my or the blankets or the pillows that were like <laughs> all around me um but at first when she was holding my feet the very first time and then asked permission to let go I was so aware of her position in the room of her touching me or not of how she was affecting my experience and then towards the end she was holding my feet again this was the second time after I'd she was pressing on like my chest and belly and then I asked her to move back to my feet and so she was holding my feet again and then when she asked if she could step away this time she stepped away and then waited about a minute and then she asked me what I was experiencing or what sensations were you know occurring in my body and all I could feel was that my ankles were holding my feet like it was such a shift and this I didn't even realize until after that like I had previously been so in my head that I was like living not only through my experience but th through her being and doing and talking it was like yeah I just it was it was really this hyper vigilant behavior and this kind of what's she gonna do next and then by that stage I was so in my body that she stepped away and her existence was like a non-issue to me and my body didn't feel like I was let go of or anything I actually said I'm not I'm not even sure when you lifted your hands or not like I was so connected to myself that her behavior was her responsibility and 
all that came out of my mouth when she asked what I was feeling is like, it feels like my ankles are supporting my feet. Um, yeah, which was, which was pretty amazing. And that really made me realize too, I guess, how important it is. I've always known this again in my head, like, the none of these lessons my mind w- were shocking to my mind but to experience them viscerally like letting my cells understand was really a different experience for me but what my body understood in that moment too was how important it is that we hold our babies and have skin to skin contact and make them feel safe because from that transition out of the womb into the world, we are so vulnerable to other people's, um, well, we're vulnerable to feeling unsafe, I guess. And so at the beginning of this session, when I was so, I was like craving her support and her touch and her mm, comfort to feel safe. And I think that that transition out of the womb into the world like I mean there's books that talk about this the continuum concept and when you look at tribes that are still very much connected to the community mindset those babies are strapped to their mother's chest 24 7 for like the first couple years of life and I really think that with that degree of touch Babies can turn into kids that aren't actually afraid um, of the world and crave this kind of touch that most of us didn't get um, as babies. And so we kind of seek it throughout life, even at the expense of what doesn't actually feel good or at the expense of connections that maybe aren't serving us. Okay, so that's it for today's um, relatively disjointed episode. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you took something valuable away from it, and at the very least that it was perhaps entertaining for you. Um, One last thing I'll say before finishing out is that I think this type of modality is useful for anyone who has their worth outside of themselves Um, and actually that's probably what should be the biggest driver for healing in general whichever modality calls you Um, because things might feel okay right now if you're in the perfect relationship or you have the job that satisfies you Um, that satisfies your ego and makes you feel proud and or um, you have your health and all these types of things that we seek to feel okay and safe in our bodies but um, if we rely on our external circumstance to feel okay if we rely on anything outside of our body to feel okay then it's basically like taking um the birth control pill, you know, to regulate your periods. It's a false sense of stability because the only certainty in life is change. And so what I love about these somatic approaches is that they put you back into your body. It's about embodiment. And when you can find the ability to self-regulate at a cellular level, um, 
you can show up in the world in such a more magnetic way. Like, it's not about not wanting the connection and the fulfillment in your career and um, being healthy. Like, these are all potentially worthy pursuits. But it's about first addressing your sense of self. And yeah, similar to the pill actually, if you get off the pill, all your shit comes flooding back. So um, yeah, the, the pill might clear your acne, but as soon as you get off of it, guess what comes back? And similarly, if your partner or your job or your car or anything really is what is driving your sense of stability or safety or calm in the world, when you lose that thing and it's inevitable that you will at some point because again that's the nature of life so i'm here to remind you that you are worthy of deep genuine full embodied self-love and healing and i wish you compassion clarity and grace on your journey back to self bye for now (laughs) 